Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast. It's another Friday. It's another picks episode where we're breaking down all of the games of the weekend. Mac, we've got some crazy ones. Every game in our big four this week is close. Three points or less for the spread. So these picks are going to be tough, my friend. I'm super jacked up about it. It's crazy. The, the deeper we get into this season, you think, okay, it's just straight conference games, but this is where the really interesting non-con games start creeping in. I mean, Wake Forest at Army, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I'm excited for that game. I think it's a little sneaky. Oh, it's definitely sneaky. Wake coming off a bye week, so that's good for them as they try to stay undefeated. And again, special. we had our special guest Sam Hartman on last episode. If you missed that, go listen to it. We did our midseason awards. If you missed that, go listen to it. We still got a lot going on this week, and if you miss it, especially on Friday, the other episodes are still very uh, up-to-date, so you can go listen to them and just get ready for your weekend. And Mac, as I've told the listeners, I'll be in Pittsburgh this weekend Come on for Clemson Pitt, so, uh, well, travel mercies uh, willing, <laughs> but because I know you've had some issues with that recently. As long as I'm not on your flight, you'll be perfectly oh, good. fine, but if I good, somehow good. get on there, then expect delays. Maybe. We may be doing another recap from the airport, this time from BWI. Oh, All man. Right. so fun. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I'm really excited to be at that game. And Pitt fans, if you're listening to this, tweet me at Kelly Graham. Like, where do I need to go? Where do I need to eat? All that stuff. I'm very excited to be in your city this weekend. Come on. The first time ever Clemson will be in the Steel City playing Pittsburgh. So it's going to be fun. But there's a ton of great matchups. KG, let's get into this big four breakdown. Let's do it. All right, we're starting with the undefeated Deeks. Number 16, Wake Forest, 6-0, playing at Army in West Point. Army's 4-2 overall. This is a noon game on CBS Sports Network because Army has that some sort of, you know, deal with CBS Sports Network. Wake is a three-point favorite. Army is coming off a week where they played Wisconsin very close. Wake is coming off a week where they had a bye week and they can prepare for this triple option attack that Army presents. Mac, how do you see this game shaping up? Yeah, well, for starters, I think both teams feeling good about where they are and especially coming off the weeks that they did. You know, if you're Army, you just played a great game against Wisconsin. Honestly, probably should have found a way to win that game, but your defense played lights out. Your offense was able to rally in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter, score 14 points and be right there, be right there, able to to win that game. And this is a this is a really tricky game, especially when you see the last couple of games that they played against the power five. It's been close and they've been able to figure ways out to, to stay right into these games. So not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination for Wake Forest here. And, and I think the good thing for Wake is you're coming off a of bye week. You had some extra time. We heard from Sam Hartman on Wednesday saying, hey, look, our, our guys are locked in. Our guys are focused. We could have left, you know, maybe middle of the week, went home, do what you need to do. But our guys are here. Every meeting room is full. And you're going to need that, especially going against Army, who has this triple option ground and pound attack. I mean, assignment football is going to be at an all-time high KG because if you're trying to play hero ball, if you're trying to do something extra outside of – maybe what you're supposed to do, 
this triple option can kill you. And honestly, we, we should have brought on our great friend of the show, Roddy Jones, just yeah. to break down the triple option. But there's so many different things. And then on top of all of that, you have to be worried about when they take shots. You get lulled to sleep all game long. And then Army will try to hit you with this play action over the top home run that probably scores 90% of the time if it's uncovered. And, and so it's just something that you have to play assignment football. You have to be wary about trick passes, deep passes, uh, or you'll get burned. So I think offense for Wake, you know, just hurry. Just go in a hurry. Score. Right. Play fast. Up. Yeah, play fast. Get up quickly. Army's offense is not built to come from behind. So if you get up 14 very quickly, you're feeling pretty good about where you are. So I think the biggest thing with Wake is still maintain balance, be who you are, but you know, don't be afraid to take shots downfield. I think Roberson and A.T. Perry have emerged as these go-getter, you feel really good, and those 50-50 balls are more like 80-20. So just launch that thing deep, let those guys thrive, and just out-athlete your competition. If there's a culture I trust to use a bye week to get ready for an assignment or an assignment um, for an option team, it's wakes. And I know what you mean, Mac, when you say assignment football, covering Clemson all these years when they used to play Georgia Tech every year. Explain to our listeners for wakes defense, what do you mean by assignment football real quick? Yeah, yeah. So with the triple option, there, there's normally always a dive. There's normally a, a quarterback kind of pitch. So those are the three things you're worried about. So if you're the if you're the defensive end or you're the three technique on the strong side for the defense, you have to tackle that dive every time. I don't even care if, guys, you see that he doesn't have the ball. You just have to get in that rhythm of this is my guy. I'm going to put him on the ground. And honestly, that'll get him worn out and tired of running that play. And then on the outside, if you're the defensive end or maybe the end of line player, if it's a linebacker, you take the quarterback. You have to always take that guy. Don't get baited in. So when the quarterback might give you a little pump fake pitch, you hit that quarterback every single play. And then the alley player, whether it be a safety, another nickel linebacker or the corner, they'll take their running back. And when you do it perfectly like that, you can really shut this thing down. But it's human nature. You want to make a play. You try to do something outside of what you're supposed to do. And that's where we see teams get really burned. So this is a game you, you just you have to trust your coaches. You have to trust your assignment. And do what's on the play called, make mm -hmm. your tackle as necessary, or Army's going to run up and down the field on you. So you, you have to pay attention. I agree with you. I think if there's a team in the ACC outside of maybe an NC State or a Clemson, you feel really good about uh, Wake Forest playing assignment football all Saturday afternoon. And it's always good. And I'm sure Wake set this up to have your bye week before you're playing an option team. There's right. no doubt about you it. You do not see that week to week. There's no, 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 no. <laughs> you need it. You need it. That's why Georgia Tech would sneak up on some people when they were running That's it. Right. Because you can't give everyone a bye week before they play Georgia That's Tech. That's right. Can I, can I tell you a little fun scout team story right quick? Oh, Angie? yes. When we played Georgia Tech, which we Clemson plays them every year. When we played them my true freshman year and I was on scout team, I got to be a running back that week because there's no it. tight ends. It was so much fun. I, I'm I'm being Reggie Bush back there. I'm being Roddy Jones, excuse me, no disrespect. I'm being <laughs> Roddy Jones back there. I'm lighting up our defense. It, it was it was fun. That, that was, those were always the fun times where the team didn't have a tight end. I was either playing running back or wide receiver. I loved it. Mac the running back. Oh out, my gosh. Did you like juke anyone out of your out of their shoes? Did you truck Kelly, stick some guy? Kelly, Kelly look at me. I'm not juking anybody. I'm running people over. I'm not you juking ran people anybody. over. Yeah, I'm not. Mac, juking. I don't know. Freshman Mac was pretty, uh, pretty mobile. He he was athletic 
up and down, side to side. That's never really right. been my strong suit. I could I could get up, you know, I could throw down the rock, but oh yeah, uh, we know juking and jiving. That's that's not really me. <laughs> wow, I would have. I wish we could uh, pull some footage. I need some film of this. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, Mac, give me your keys to the game here for Wake Forest and Army. Yeah, well, if if you guys have been paying attention to the last thirty seconds, you know exactly what my key is, and it's just play discipline, play assignment football understand your job, do what you're supposed to. And if Wake does that, if they don't have a lot of silly MAs or misassignments or after the play, we see guys with their arms up looking at another guy. If we don't see that at all, I think Wake Forest wins comfortably. If they try to play hero ball, I think this game can get really weird in a hurry for Wake Forest. It could. It, it always, you know, when I think of Army as of late, I think of when they went to Oklahoma and almost beat Oklahoma in overtime because they slowed the game down so much. And I think my other key, my Kelly's key here, Mac, is you got to start quickly. If you're awake, you can't let Army control the game. That's what happened in the Oklahoma game in Norman. And then if you're awake, just I don't think this is an issue, Mac, but you always have that concern when you sprinkle in a random non-conference game in the middle of your ACC schedule, just making sure you have that same amount of focus that you would have had against Louisville, against UVA, against Florida State, against Army. But again, it's Wake. I think they're fine. And it's not like they have a look-ahead spot. They have Duke next week. So it's not like they have Clemson next week or something like that. Mac, I'm just being honest. <laughs> they have Duke next week. I'm just being honest. <laughs> just being honest. I agree. I agree with you. And, and I think it's, it's just such a – super testament to this coaching staff that honestly we're not concerned about this we're not concerned about number one looking ahead because this, this is a good team four and two and a very respectable team but also just understanding the assignment having time to prepare so I think that it just goes to speak even more about coach Carlson and, and this great staff that they have at Wake Forest they understand the assignment <laughs> that's two weeks in a row KG you're that's some TikTok for you I love it I love Mac, that's that's uh, I know about the TikToks where the kids are. Listen, I'm I'm not on the the talk tick there, but the talk tick. But it's a popular thing, and, and a lot of people want to be a part of it. I just see all my TikToks on Instagram, so I'm always like two weeks behind the trend. That, well, that's true, but too. I just see I do there. see it on Instagram all yeah. the time. It's quite annoying, and I kind of prefer to be behind the trends. Okay, let's talk about our next game on our big three or big four. Excuse me, four games this week on our breakdown, big four breakdown. This game is tough. Syracuse at Virginia Tech. Syracuse three and four overall. Virginia Tech three and three overall. As well as Syracuse has played, they're still looking for their first ACC win. Virginia Tech's a three-point favorite at home. Twelve thirty on uh, Raycom. I don't even think it's on ESPN anywhere. <sighs> I think your average person outside of this ACC bubble would look at this game and say Virginia Tech's going to win. But I do not think it is that simple. To me, there's one team that's playing good football, that's playing football where everyone's bought in, and there's one team that's not. And the team that's not, at least from what I've seen as of late, Mac, is Virginia Tech. I completely agree with you. And number one, I'm going to take a little anger out on programming here. Why the heck is this game not on our network? It makes no I sense. I don't know. You, you, want the, you want the draw of Florida State playing UMass at 12? Come on. I mean, it's that, the that's Florida just, State name brand. Nobody's watching. That's great. They have a name brand. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But they are, you know, they've got three games in a row, maybe. I, I don't know. But I am disappointed that this game is not on our network because I think it's going to be a great game. And, and I think you have, you know, two teams, one that's struggling a little bit more, one that has three very difficult losses by field goals in a row uh, or, or three points, not necessarily end of field goals. But, you know, with Syracuse, 
and they're going to Blacksburg, a great environment to play a Hokies team that, you know, they've lost three of the last four too. So you've got very hungry teams. You've got two teams that, you know, want to get a win here. And I think it's just going to be entertaining. You've got two defenses that either defense could win the game uh, and a, a star player like no other in Sean Tucker for Syracuse that I think is the best running back in the country. I mean, if you're Q's, the game plan should be super simple. Give him the ball 30-plus times. I don't care if it's 15 running, 15 receiving. If it's 10 or 20 running, 10 receiving. Like, he has to touch the ball. He, he's just – he's the best player on the team. And there's no question. I think we saw that uh, really stand out against Clemson. And so, you know, they, they just have to figure that out. And I think Schrader – just has to throw the ball more effectively when they need it and when he has to because the inconsistencies that we saw a week ago, I mean, that that's going to lose them a lot of ball games if he can't pick that up. And the pick, you know, that I thought, if you look back at the Syracuse-Clemson game, you could say the Schrader pick when Tyler Venables picked him off in the red zone was the difference maker. And we'll talk about turnovers, and at least I know I will when we get to Clemson-Pitt, but that was a huge difference maker. So if Schrader can pass where he was, Mac, around 180, 190, I think that's pretty good. He just can't afford to turn the ball over. He has to be a true game manager. And I think it would be good for Cuse if he can run the ball a little more effectively. He was so great against Florida State and Wake, did nothing against Clemson. Clemson definitely was trying to slow that down. But you're right. It is, this, is, this is a Sean Tucker game. And the way I'm looking at this is Virginia Tech's defense, Syracuse's defense are both very good. Syracuse, I actually saw an article today, had them as a top 20 defense in yards per play and all these types of things. Their defense is showing out. The difference is I think the best player on the field is Sean Tucker. So to me, that would, that would make me lean a little bit more towards Syracuse. And then even though Syracuse has lost three in a row in heartbreaking fashion, and I know Virginia Tech has lost three of the last four, as you said, Mac. As long as these losses aren't affecting the locker room in a way that we're not seeing, which is always possible, it feels like this Syracuse team is still more bought in than Virginia Tech. There's a lot of concerns about Virginia Tech right now, about Fuente. And keep an eye on this start time, 12.30 p.m. kick. Virginia Tech fans have done all they can the last couple weeks. They were not there against Pittsburgh. They cleared out. So I'm, I'm very curious what kind of home field advantage Virginia Tech will have. I agree with you. And I think when you look at the, the Syracuse team, you just feel better about them. Even though that they're yeah. three and four, even though that they've lost three straight, you just feel more confident about the effort we're going to see, about the game plan, and ultimately it revolves around having the best player on the field and Sean Tucker really almost any week that they go into this season. I mean, he was the best player on the field when they played Clemson, and, and I don't yeah. think it's really been close any other week. So, you know, when you look at that side of the ball, you feel confident. The defense, as you said, playing much better. I think they have an opportunity this week to really make some even more noise. And especially, you know, statistically, BT doesn't know what their identity is. That They don't know who they are, what they want to do. So if you create turnovers, you get after this quarterback, which you've done all season long, Syracuse. I think you have a really big opportunity here to make a statement. It's your first ACC win. And then when you look at Virginia Tech, it's just frustrating. I mean, the inconsistency as a whole – offensively and defensively, it just it, it makes you lose your hair. It makes your hair turn gray. I mean, it's super frustrating to watch. I think really the only I don't I don't want to say the only way to win because there's so many different things and the ball can bounce weird ways. But I, I truly do think the only way that BT is in this game is the defense has to be locked in. They have to stop the run. L listen, they love to go man to man. We showed you that tape on Saturday night. They love to do that. 
go man-to-man, load up the box, say you're not beating us with Sean Tucker. If you do that, I think this could be a close game. But if you just try to, to run normal defenses and what you do all year, I think that's just a cause for disaster. So go outside of your comfort zone a little bit, load up the box, and say, Sean, you ain't beating us today. You know, as we're talking about Syracuse and VT, I think I finally realized who Sean Tucker's reminding of me a little bit of from last year, and it's Khalil Herbert. Khalil <laughs> Herbert right. came in for Virginia Tech and did everything, came out of nowhere. Sean Tucker's a, not a transfer. He's just a younger player. But we're seeing Virginia Tech without Khalil Herbert this year, and that was my biggest question. Who's going to produce? And, you know, we haven't seen much of that so far, Max. So we uh, alluded to this, but give me your keys for this game. Yeah, I pre- pretty much spelled them out for you guys all the time. I'm try- I try to disguise them, but with this one, it's just so evident that I, I can't hide it. With Syracuse, you've got to feed Sean Tucker. You- you've got to get him the rock. You've got to get him the ball a multitude of ways. Figure out places to get him in space, to get him in the correct numbers game, because that's ultimately what football is about, numbers and matchups, and-, and just get him the ball. And then for Virginia Tech, as I just went on a little tangent here, load the box up, stop the run, and you feel really good about your chances. You do. My key is a number, and it's 1230, which is the kickoff time. <laughs> to me, the main reason why Virginia Tech is favored in this game is because it's in Lane Stadium, and I just don't think Lane Stadium is going to be Lane Stadium. Pittsburgh went in there, silenced that crowd, made them leave, and of course Syracuse is not Pittsburgh, but I think they're going to be able to do some of the, the similar things. So that's my key, that kickoff time. Mm-mm, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mac, let's get to the game of the weekend. Can, can I start with this? Clemson at Pittsburgh. Clemson 4-2, and two, Pittsburgh 5-1, and 3-30, ESPN, Pittsburgh minus 3. Why isn't game day at this game? They're at UCLA, Oregon. I think mainly they're just trying to show some love to the Pac-12. And I did see that UCLA, Oregon is on ABC, so that may be part of it. But this seems like such a missed opportunity. I don't even know the last time game day went to Pittsburgh. That would be a cool setting to be at. I agree with you. I think it would be really cool to showcase this conference, showcase this matchup, uh, just take it to another level. But you know, Herb Street loves UCLA. That was his early team, and you know, they probably haven't been to many Pac-12 games yeah. in quite some time. So th- this might be one of those rare opportunities to get out to the West Coast. West Coast, where they have to start at you know 5 or 6 a.m. local time. <laughs> I would always be against those if I was those guys, but... I get it, I guess. It's still going to be an awesome game. Mac, I was looking up some stuff with Kenny Pickett the other day, and what's interesting, and I just want to know if you think this is going to be a factor as we dive into this matchup. Kenny Pickett's history himself against Clemson in his career is not good. He's played Clemson twice. In 2018, that was the ACC championship game. He was 4 of 16 for 8 yards and a pick. He was benched in that game. That was a different offense, different offensive coordinator. 2020, last year in Death Valley, 22 of 39 for 209, two touchdowns and four interceptions. It's amazing how quickly things change. Last year, Pickett threw four interceptions. Tigers won by a bunch. They were favored by 24 and they covered. This year, Pitt is favored by three. Kenny Pickett's thrown one pick all year, has the third best QB rating in the nation. I don't even know how that happens, how that changes so much in less than a year. But Pickett's history, specifically against Brent Venables, is that a factor here, Mac? You know, I, I think a couple of things there. So when you look at that first game that you mentioned in 18, that was a downpour. It was a terrible environment. Yes. It, it was raining. It really was a run-only game. 
Uh, and Clemson got up very early. Travis Etienne scored from 75 out on the first play of scrimmage. And so Pitt just always felt like they were behind on top of the fact they were playing one of the best defenses in college football ever uh, with that eventual national champions. Right, yeah. eventual national champions. So that one a little bit unfair. Uh, the next time they played, which which was last year, I, I think when you look at that game, it just got out of hand in a hurry. And, and again, Pittsburgh playing from behind. Now, there were some really silly decisions uh, that were made by Kenny where he threw a couple of picks, I think back-to-back almost, um, and, and eventually led to four to where they just – it was what it was. And it turned into a bloodbath really quick. But Kenny is a different guy. And I think we see that very clearly. And maybe it's because of that game that we're seeing this evolution in, in the way that he is playing right now. So I, I don't know if we can just sit here and say, okay, BV has his number, that there's no shot that he can you know, move the ball on these Tigers. I agree. I really do believe that Pickett is a different player. You have to believe that. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense what he's doing compared to what he's done earlier in his career. Now, look, Brent Venables is, is going to scheme. He's one of the best in the country. And some of these DBs have had some success against him. Andrew Booth, we're hearing, should be back. That's really big for Clemson. He's one of their best players, if not their best player on their entire squad. He's probably going to be a top 10 pick. So that's really big. But Kenny is definitely playing different. And, and I think his skill players have really stepped up for him this year with his wide receivers and crawl at tight end and the offensive line. So overall, Mac, how do you see this game shaping up? Yeah, well, well two guys I just want to kind of start here with kind of a matchup between the matchup, and, and that's Kenny Pickett and Andrew Booth. You're talking about two guys that, based on their performance in this game, can really improve their draft stock in Kenny Pickett or really solidify you know, that top 10 kind of projection with Andrew Booth based on how they play. If Booth gets picked on all game, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him fall. If we see Kenny dominate, if we see Kenny go for 350-plus and a handful of touchdowns, I mean, it it should be hello Heisman, hello first-round discussion. I mean, that's the type of game that this can potentially be. I was talking with EJ, and he said, look, when I had a great game against Clemson my senior year, that is what boosted me to go to the senior bowl. That's what boosted me to get into the first round. And so that's what type of game this is for Kenny. I mean, he needs to fully yeah. understand that, not, not let the pressure get you, but understand and take advantage of the opportunity that is in front of you. I mean, he's been playing lights out this year. I've been very impressed with his development. His just his pocket awareness is such it's so different this year. I mean, he has this internal yeah. clock in his head that he knows. All right, time to go. Time to extend this play or get out and gain some, you know, yards with my feet. And so that is going to be something that is critical against Clemson because they are coming after you. I can guarantee that. And Pitt's offensive line, they've been playing really well. You know, Kenny has only been sacked nine times. That's tied for second in the ACC amongst like starting quarterbacks who have had enough, you know, kind of reps. I don't want anybody giving me some lame stats of somebody who threw 10 passes and has zero stats. But yeah, listen, yeah. that offensive line struggled to pick up twists from VT. The only difference was they couldn't get home. VT couldn't get home. Clemson will be able right. to. Clemson has way better athletes, way better defensive ends and tackles that will get after you. So that's going to be another key matchup. And then defensively, this could be a coming out party for Pitt. I mean, th- this is an offense that is struggling. This is an offense that, you know, really – themselves doesn't have an identity. We talk about that with Virginia Tech. Clemson is struggling with that as as well. So if Pitt can kind of rise to the occasion and be that team, uh, that total team that we expect and and kind of are waiting for them to become that, man, it, it could be a really good day for the Panthers. 
You know what everyone's thinking, right? They're thinking, wow, Kenny Pickett's been great so far, but let's see how he looks when he plays a, a legit exactly. defense. Exactly. And so this is a huge game for Pickett. I'm buying what I'm seeing, but I think in general, if he can go put up 300 yards against Clemson, he's going to be looked at like he's for real. And I don't know if he should have to do that, but that's just that's just reality at this point, Mac. Let's talk about Clemson. In Dabo Sweeney's press conference yesterday, you could sense the frustration. Someone, One thing that really stood out to me, someone asked about the wide receiver blocking and Ajo Ajo, and he said, look, he said, I love Ajo Ajo, but there's a guy right in front of you. You just need to stick your hands out and block. It, he just seemed like he's, he's at his wits. And yeah, he said that. Um, and he talked about how his guys need to block out the outside noise and everything as well. Mac, I know that you were sending me some clips from the O-line versus Syracuse. <laughs> guys, some of these misses were just unbelievable. Mac could not believe it. So let me, po- let me pose the question this way, Mac. If Clemson is going to beat Pitt, what do you need to see from this Clemson offense? Well, for, for starters, you peeling back the curtain a little bit there with, with uh, some, some off-the-podcast field can, can, uh, <laughs> conversations there. Um, that offensive line, that was the worst game I'd ever seen them play. Like, like not just that, That's not just an offensive lineman who played there getting upset. That is from a take-my-Clemson-shirt-off view who somebody who is a college football analyst. It, it was awful, and, and it was – you know, really a, a handful of guys over and over again, just not doing their job, missing assignments, not giving great effort, getting whipped by moves that KG, you could have blocked. You you could have defended better than that at times. And it's, I know it's, it's alarming. It's concerning because it's some of the guys that maybe you expected to be the leaders and some of the guys you expected to be the better players. And they by far had the worst day that I've, I've ever seen. And so now you're going against a pit team. If I was pit watching that film, we're about to kill you. We're we're about to dominate up front. And so I hope that Clemson understands that you're facing a much more difficult animal and, and a much more confusing animal if they want to be in the pit defense schematically and things that they're going to try to do. So Clemson has to be better on the offensive line. There's just no question about it. And then what Coach Sweeney said there have to be better on the edge. I mean, there were countless clips of Number one, guys just missing passes, dropping passes, wide open in the middle of the field, uh, and, and it's a drop, or missing a block that gets you know your running back or a tight end or, or fellow wide receiver killed. So it, it's time and time again. I know we've said this 100 times, and Clemson fans are probably tired of hearing it, or maybe not, because uh, it is the truth, but it's all 11 guys at different times not doing what they're supposed to. And even I'll even throw coordinating in there and playing call, call playing as well, that it's just it, – it's this total – combination at different times cluster that is giving us this terrible product that we're seeing. And so can they figure it out within a season? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I think this is such a mental thing and such a, you know, schematic thing that it's going to take an off season. But if it does click, the athletes are there. There's nobody's questioning. Right. Nobody's questioning the skill. Nobody's questioning the personnel. It's just not executing. It's not execution. And so if Clemson is able to figure that out, it's going to be a beautiful thing. But at this quite at this moment, it's just not what we're seeing. And so, you know, the biggest thing is, can we see some type of pulse? Can we see these guys come together, play with some pride and, and figure it out? So it'll be interesting to see when you look at the defense. I mean, a huge task in front of them. This is by far the best quarterback in offense that Clemson has seen to this date uh, and vice versa. This is the toughest defense that Pitt has seen by far. And so, you know, can you 
crush them from having success? Can you not allow them to do the things that they want to do? You understand they're going to throw the ball a ton. You understand that they're going to try to run when they need to, but you have to be able to take one of those away. And and if you're able to truly eliminate the running game, I think you feel a little bit better because then when a team is so one-sided, it can be predictable and you know where you get them in. But the, the key for Clemson defense is keep this as low scoring as you can because until proven otherwise, your offense cannot score. Okay, before we get to keys to the game, because of all this offense talk and really what you just said, I want you to give me a number here, Mac. You just got to give me a number. How many points does Clemson have to score to win? And really the question is the other way too. How many points does Pitt have to hold Clemson to to win? But if Clemson scores this amount of points, they probably win the game. I think if Clemson scores 28, they win. I would. I, I think, think that, that's, that's, a, that's the right number, point. yeah. Hey, we should do a podcast. We should. <laughs> and they haven't done it all year, except against South Carolina and, and State. So that's why... I mean, it, it's, it is, it will be very much out of their comfort zone. Um, but that's also giving me a lot of credit to Brent Venables, to this defense. But I, I, I mean, I think they can do it. There's no question. I mean, they are one of the best defenses in the country. It's just, it's going to be a collective effort. If they can do that, I mean, this would, that would be by far the best game we've seen Clemson play is if they hold Pitt under 28. Oh, yeah. And if they score 20, which is, I mean, it kind of like hurts my brain to say that. It hurts my heart to say that, honestly. You're going to need some chunk plays. You're going to need something like ETN against Pitt a couple years ago. You're going to need just like a 75-yard run to get you going or something. All right, give me your keys, Mac. What are your keys in this game? Yeah, for Pitt, it's super simple. Protect KP, let him cook. I mean, he's such a great player. If he has time and he can go through his progressions, we saw it against Georgia Tech. I don't know if it can quite look like that where it's just bang, bang, 52 points in a blink of an eye. But if they protect him and give him time to, to create, you know, it, it could be a really long day for Clemson. And then for Clemson, I think the way you score 28 is forced turnovers. And to give your offense short field position, give them opportunities, you know, to get confident and to score. And then you're you're in a great you're in a great situation. So really it, it's it they have the same side of the ball. Both are talking about the defense and offense for Pitt and Clemson, but man, you, you just have to feel really good about your opportunity if either team's able to do these two things. So I'm with you on that, Mac. My key, and I've been talking about this for the last week here and then on the radio show as well, I think for Clemson, you can't turn the ball over. Now, some might say the key, you got to win the margin. Yeah, you got to win the margin. But I almost think because of this offense, you can't turn the ball over because more often than not, a turnover sets the other team up for a better position to score, whether it's, you know, a pick six or they return it to the red zone or whatever. So... I think you can't turn it over. That's the bottom line. And now you have Either to force team. turnovers. I agree with you. Yeah, You have no, to force turnovers, too. The team that loses the turnover margin, I think, loses the game. Right, which, but I, I think it's even more than that. that. But I think there are, t- there are times where, you know, Clemson has been so good in the past. Okay, turn it over a couple of times, you feel fine. But yeah, I truly yeah. think that this one, it matters a lot. You have no room for error. But I think it's even more than that. I think the only way Clemson wins is if they have zero turnovers. I'll agree so to that. So we'll see. I'll agree to that. Okay, our final game here of the Big Four breakdown is number 18, NC State, 5-1 and one overall at Miami, 2-4 and four overall, hard to believe. 7.30 on ESPN2, NC State's a three-point favorite. The spread in all of these games is three in our Big Four breakdown. That's crazy. NC State's feeling great about themselves. Miami, to me, somewhat in a similar position as Virginia Tech. How's the locker room? Um, how's the morale? 
Now, Tyler Van Dyke played well. I thought UNC was going to cover in that game, and they didn't. Now, that was, there was some fluky-ish stuff towards the end. But Miami looked better than I thought. So can NC State keep it rolling, Mac? Well, let me just start here with Vegas and FBI. I'm staring you right into your soul right here, guys. I'm, I'm looking right at you. I do not understand why you think this game is going to be so close. I know FBI loves Miami. I know the numbers and the metrics love Miami uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but Vegas, I'm confused by this one because I think that, you know, this red hot Wolfpack team has a real opportunity here uh, to, to make some noise. I mean, FBI has this at 59 or 50.9 towards the Wolf. I mean, essentially even. And Vegas, anytime that you have a home team and, and it's minus three, I mean, that's a little bit of a swing. Maybe it would even be funnier if it was just a straight pick them and a straight push. Uh, but yeah. I just, I don't get it. I don't know why. I think NC State goes nuts Saturday night. I think that it might be a beatdown of Miami just because of what we've seen defensively. These guys are flying all around the ball. I think Isaiah Moore, who by the way was was our collective defensive player of the year midseason here, he, he's going crazy and he's playing so well right now. Such a passionate guy. I, I think that they you know just dominate on that side of the ball. And then the balance that we've seen from them in the last couple of games in the rain against Boston College, still able to throw the ball downfield. I mean, I, I think that this game, if NC State, of course, plays the way that they have been and the way that they can, I think this gets away really quick from Miami. I agree, Mac. I think that Miami's at a point now, you're two and four. You have a young quarterback, so there's something there where you can talk about we're building to the future and all this, but I know we've been seeing rumors about things going on down there at Miami, negative things, transfer portal, all this stuff. So I think as long as NC State is able to go down there, handle their business, not turn the ball over three times, which Devin Leary doesn't do that. He's, he just won't. Um, then I think NC State's going to be just fine, Mac. But we always think that. And then it's college football and crazy things happen. <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to be totally opposite of what I'm saying here, which would be hilarious. And super on par for, for this entire season. But I, I just think that outside noise for Miami, the drama that we are hearing about, and some confirmed, some not, it is just, I think it's going to be too much to overcome, especially when you have a super young quarterback. Now, he, is, he has played well, and we've seen him in the last uh, two games in the second half play extremely well, play much better. He had a great learning lesson, although it being a loss, in kind of how to handle a two-minute drill. Um, and they haven't quit. You brought that up last week that this Miami team, or Monday, excuse me, this Miami team has not quit. And they're certainly, they need to bring that to this game. But I just think the outside noise is going to start adding up quickly. Guys in the transfer portal, guys not wanting to be there. there there's just a lot of negative things coming out of that Miami camp right now. But I think when you see a team like NC State rolling in, who is very focused and knows what they want in a senior-led, experience-led team, they're going to take advantage of that and, and I think really just you know, kind of stand up and make a statement. Mac, your keys are kind of cracking me up here. So I would like to hear them, please. <laughs> yeah, so for NC State, I think this is a game where it's kind of like uh, you take the, the mindset that we had in 2015 for Clemson when we went down to uh, Coral Gables there and, and played in, at Miami, and that was run the football. We wanted to bully them and, and really just make them – honestly not want to play. And I think Big Icky, I think Grant Gibson and the rest of that offensive line, I think that's going to be their mentality. We want to bully you guys all night long. And I think that's what we're going to see. And for Miami, man, 
It's super simple. Just tackle. Oh, can we tackle man. anybody? Can we wrap up and be disciplined? I mean, we saw Sam Howell break one million tackles in one a quarterback, y'all. Break one million tackles. I mean, the, it, it's a it's an epidemic down in Miami <laughs> of learning how to. T- I mean, there needs to be classes every other day on how to do this because it's it's embarrassing to be quite frank. I'm not a defensive player, but I take it really personal when I watch them miss as many tackles as they do. Just tackle. All Mac wrote down on our rundown sheet was tackle, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and tackle the right guy, Mac. We've seen some of that. We've seen some of those issues. Not tackling a guy in green, white, or orange right. would be, or black sometimes would yeah, be yeah, a good yeah. idea. That, that's right. Just the, the red. Aim for the red. Aim for the red. That's a good advice. Okay, Mac, my key is, and really it's a question, is can we see NC State run the ball a little better? They didn't run the ball super well against BC. Um, they've struggled a little bit as of late. So I, I think obviously that will help them control the game on the road. But I'd also like to see that from NC State moving forward to feel better about them going on and winning the Atlantic. I agree with you, KG. All right, before we get to the speed round, it is time for our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. Come on, KG. That's right. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. Let Seaside Grown help you get ready for your game day. Start your tailgate off right with Seaside's Bloody Mary Mix. You can also get their delicious salsa, which is really good. You got to have that salsa out for your tailgate, Mac. You can snack on that all day till you get to the main course. And then you can use these amazing barbecue sauces that Mac is going to tell us about. For your main course, whether it's your pulled pork or your chicken or your ribs, they've got you covered. <laughs> That's right, KG. The barbecue sauces are so good. The peach bourbon, the smoking blue. We f- fired up some wings the other day on the Traeger. I added a glaze to them with the smoking blue sauce, y'all. That that, that might have been my favorite wings to date. It, it's such a just unique flavor where it's a little bit of heat, a little bit of sweet. It's just super savory. I'm telling you, put some smoking blue on your wings when you're cooking them up. And guys, do yourself a favor. Go to SeasideGrown.com. Browse their amazing 19, guys, true field-to-glass products. And when you load up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15, and you'll save 15% on your entire order. I love that. And look for our Seaside Grown picks on Twitter and Instagram. We'll post those every week. Again, use that code ACC15 for 15% off your order. Mac, speaking of picking peaches and blueberries and tomatoes, let's get to some college football picks. Let's start with, we're picking these straight up, but we also can give out a play on the spread if we feel so inclined. So let's start with the first one, Mac. Wake Forest at Army. Wake is a three-point favorite. Guys, I think this game is going to be a little spooky. I think it's human nature. I think it's any time that you're seeing a different offense, if you're a defense, than, than you're used to. It's tough to replicate in practice, especially your scout team. That's not what they do. It's not what your team does. So it's it's truly not going to be the same. So I think that's going to cause a little disruption for Wake Forest. I'm taking Wake. I'm taking Wake with the points, but I might go under. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think Army's going to do a good job controlling the clock, and that's going to lead to to a very low-scoring affair. But I think Wake Forest gets it done. I'm with you on the under. I think Wake gets it done. I think they cover – and cover relatively convincingly, maybe seven, maybe 10. So I would take that. But what's interesting, Mac, is the over-under is actually the highest of our big four <laughs> in the Wake Army game with a team that Crazy. plays a triple option. Right, right. It's nuts. What? This weekend is going to be bonkers. Yeah. So speaking of uh, low scoring, let's talk about Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a three-point favorite. I am so intrigued where you're going with this one, Mac. 
Guys, hammer cues. Hammer them. Take them. They're going to cover. Take the under, but hammer (laughs) cues. I think that those guys are going to really step up. I think the defense is going to make Virginia Tech question what the heck they're doing and a team that's already questioning what the heck are we doing. Uh, so I think Cuse is, is really going to put up a show and get their first ACC win. So I'm excited about Syracuse. Uh, if you lose a bunch of money, I'm sorry. Uh, you can send an invoice to Kelly Gramlich. She will handle all of that. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm doing the same thing. Oh, man. <laughs> I hate picking against Virginia Tech at home. I hate it. But I've done it they're, the last honestly, three weeks. They're not great yes. at home, KG. No, they're they haven't been. It's bonkers. There's, there's the UNC game, which feels like a different world. And then I picked against them with Notre Dame. I picked I picked against them with Pitt. And I'm just going to keep it going because that's what has rung true so far. And I think Syracuse is better than their record. So I'm taking Syracuse and taking Syracuse minus uh, – or Virgi- uh, Syracuse plus the three. We're, we've taken the road teams in both of these first two games, Mac. How about this game? Clemson at number 23, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite. This is a very difficult game for me, KG. It might be for you as well. Uh, my heart is telling me one thing. My eyes and my brain are telling me another. And, and I think it's just one of those things that until proven otherwise, Clemson's not going to be able to score enough. I, I think Pitt is going to win this game. I think it's going to be probably under again, just because I think the defense is going to be uh, formidable enough to slow down Kenny Pickett. And I think their offense isn't able to score enough points, as we said, to, to really win this game. So I'm sure all the Clemson fans are going to come at my throat when Clemson does win this game, uh, but I'm going with Pitt. I'm going with the under. Don't y'all ever call us homers ever again. <laughs> Most people don't really do that. I think we do a decent job, but some people like to do that. I think it's yeah, you know, the pick is Pittsburgh, the Mac. The pick is Pittsburgh. There are just so many different reasons why, and we've talked about them. And I think the only reason you'd pick Clemson is you'd say, well, Clemson's eventually going to figure it out. And we've been saying that for eight weeks. So I'm, I'm, right. I'm not buying that right now. Now the spread, the spread concerns me. I don't know. If, I guess if you're, if you're taking Pitt to win, you might as well take Pitt minus three. But I could also see this game coming down to a field goal. The spread concerns me. I think if I had to do it, I'd say Pitt minus three. But it's probably going to yeah. be close. You know, it's going you know, to be super funny. And I, I hope you know, Clemson, I don't hope, if Clemson gets the opportunity, they should. Uh, I, I'm almost betting that all of us on the huddle are going to pick Clem- or pick Pitt. And so it's going to be all oh, those Panther man. logos. And Clemson, you know, they should, oh, they should. post it if they get the win. But uh, as you you and I both think, that's uh, that's going to be a very uphill yeah. battle. For the I Tigers think you got to give Pitt the respect they deserve. All right, our last game here, Mac. NC State at Miami. NC State a three-point favorite. Yeah, this one, as you guys heard in, in kind of the breakdown here, hammer NC State, hammer the over. I think they're going to really go to town. I think they make a statement win here. Listen how interesting this might be. They might jump Wake Forest, Ooh. even though they have a loss after they win this game, because I think it is going to be so convincing. And I think Wake is going to, I guess, quote unquote, struggle a little bit with Army. So that would be really interesting to see. Does NC State make that jump after doing what I think they can this Saturday? What if Pitt jumps all of them? Just a thought. That would be, be a big jump. That would be interesting. I, I don't think people respect Clemson enough to, to make that. Well, possible. obviously, because they're not ranked, which we think they should be ranked. Okay, I think NC State wins this game, too. I think Miami's got too many issues, and NC State gets it done as long as they can run the ball. 
So I'm, I'm taking NC State. Mac, let's get to our speed round. Three games. We're going to run through them quickly. Florida State at UMass. Just don't lose, Florida State. Right, Mac? That's simple don't enough. Lose. That's, what's, that's what it says on the rundown. So continue to develop your team. Uh, continue to get Corbin the ball. My goodness, just hand it to him a couple of more times, and I'll feel really good. Uh, let JT go crazy. I mean, that's been really fun to watch at the quarterback position and to really see him emerge. And then a great opportunity for – Florida State to win three games in a row here, something they haven't done in quite a long time. So I know they'll be, they'll be uh, feeling really good if they're able to do that. They're looking better. Could they be on a three-game winning streak and Clemson perhaps be on a losing streak going into Clemson FSU? That would be crazy. Okay, Boston College at Louisville. Underrated game this week, 4 o'clock on ACCN. Louisville plays a lot better at home, Mac. Give me your thoughts on this one. Yeah, you said it. Underrated game for sure. This is a very interesting you know, game just in the Atlantic division, you know, a couple of teams that have played really well to start and then kind of going through some funky stuff as they continue to figure it out. But Louisville, it's all about the defense for me. These guys have to step up. They're dead last in the ACC defensively, giving up over 450 yards a game. Uh, for Boston College, I mean, that that should you should be happy about that because now you can do things you want to do. You can figure out who your offense is going to be. And my goodness, BC, please get the ball to Zay Flowers. Just Hand it off to him. Do anything that you can do to get him the ball. You have to get him involved. Wildcat. I don't care. You got to get the ball to Zay Flowers. All right. And our last one, Mac, Georgia Tech at Virginia, 730 on ACCN. UVA is a seven-point favorite at home. They just blew out Duke on their home field. Georgia Tech coming off a bye. Yeah, a little primetime action for Brennan and the boys. I mean, Brennan is playing out of his mind. Heisman discussions need to be at the forefront. Uh, player of the year discussions need to be at the forefront. Listen, he's leading the country in passing 403 yards a game and is on pace to break you know, Deshaun Watson's single season passing record. It's unbelievable to see. An interesting little tidbit, you know, some people might look at his numbers and say, man, he's been sacked 21 times. That, that's crazy. It's so much. But it's just because he's throwing the ball so many times. You know, there's there's so much more opportunity for him to get sacked. He's only getting sacked on 6% of his dropbacks. For reference, Sam Howell, who's leading the conference, is getting sacked on 12.1. So doubling, even though the numbers are, are quite similar. So I think Virginia does a really good job offensively. I think they win this game. Uh, GT, just get back to the defense that we saw for a flash this season. And I think you can make it competitive and then run the ball on offense if you're Georgia Tech. I mean, these guys from Virginia really struggled to stop that. So do what you do best. Do your strength. Run the football, UVA you got to do your best to keep that ball out of Brennan's hands so he doesn't have 50 dropbacks to go uh, do his damage there, Mac. Mac, we agree on all four of our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. So boring. But what you know what? Heck? We agreed We agreed on all three last week, and we were 3-0. and So I'll take it. Maybe in a 4-0 and week. Well, you know, hey, all we do is win. All we do is win around here. So we'll, we'll see. Guys, thank you for listening. It's going to be such a fun weekend. Cannot wait to break it down. On Monday, thank you for hanging out with us and get some stories from Ooh, Kelly as y'all better be nice to me. Pittsburgh and hangs out with the Panthers. That's right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you pick them and you pick them convincingly. So just just give them this podcast to listen to. But guys, if you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five star rating, or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see y'all.